selling 6 million copies of your course. Sounds pretty unbelievable, but that's exactly what my guest today has done. Stay tuned. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is the Online Course Show. Hey out there, and welcome back to the Online Course Show. I'm your host, Jacques Hopkins, and you have found the show where we talk about how to run a highly successful online course business. Not just about the course, certainly we talk about that, but we like to focus on the entire online course business, one that actually makes money. My guest today is John Burra, and he has sold over six million courses. Now, in fairness, he's been in business for quite some time and has actually created hundreds of different courses. So he hasn't sold the same course six million times, but it's still very, very impressive. John is in the tech space, so he has coding courses, AI courses, and so on. He got started on Udemy back in 2011, but today 97% of his sales come on his own website. John is a seasoned course creator, and he'll be sharing a lot of lessons learned with you in this episode. He talks about his dialed-in process for creating courses now after having created over 600 of them. He shares when you should use a course marketplace like Udemy for your course and when you shouldn't. And he's got some cool tips for how to use YouTube to drive a course sales. For all that and much more, here's the full conversation with John Burra from mammothinteractive.com. What's up, John Burra? Welcome to the Online Course Show. Fantastic to be here. It's uh, it's good to meet you, man. I hear you've sold a course or two. About how many courses have you sold? Uh, we, we just crossed the 6 million mark. 6 million courses. I, I guess that works for like qualifying to come on this this podcast, the online course show, I've sold, uh, I've recently crossed over about 10,000 courses and I'm pretty proud of that, man. But that is like a, a drop in the bucket to, to 6 million. How, what, what, like, what's the secret? How do we sell so 6 million courses? Well, I've been, I've been around for a long time. I actually got onto Udemy in, in 2011, but the, the secret is that you always have to keep on making courses and you have to keep on innovating. And in my particular uh, business, I'm in technology. So there's always something new coming out. So like this year it's, it's chat GPT, you know, last, the last couple of years has been blockchain and that's happened a couple of times in my career. And then even before that, it was like the Unreal Engine, mobile games, HTML5. So as soon as something comes out, there's a lot of hype around technology. And because there's that hype, you can sell a lot of courses and a lot of bundles real fast. Yeah. What What if I don't want to continually innovate and continually make new courses? Because I, I mean, I'll add the caveat that it's niche dependent, right? In your yeah. niche, it's incredibly important. You mentioned some specific examples. I can't imagine how AI is affecting your niche. Uh, piano technology is not changing as fast as your the content of your courses. Absolutely. So if you have something that's more evergreen, which is piano, which by the way, I envy so much because, you know, I, I have to constantly redo these courses and like, you know, the courses become obsolete, but piano, people are going to be playing piano forever because it's just such an, an evergreen thing. So if you want to sell more courses, you just basically have to 
to, uh, work on your marketing and just double down and find out what works and keep on doubling down on it. Interesting. All right. So 6 million copies sold. How many courses would you say you've made at this point? I believe it's upwards of 600. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> how, how does one person have time to make 600 courses? Well, it's not just me. I have a, a company that, that, so my, my story, uh, my, my story goes, I used to be just me making everything, doing all the marketing and all that stuff. And it was just me. And I remember like, this was like pre 2016. It was just, I would make the courses and I'd do it on two different computers. And like one computer would just be rendering. And then the other computer I'd be recording on. And then as it's done, as this, as, as this is done rendering and like my computers were on like 24 seven, just like rendering, you know, HD videos. Right. But in 2016, I decided to, uh, to get an office, get some employees and then, and then scale up. And then for the next, let's say three years, it was actually more tough than I thought it would be. Right. I spent nine months trying to get into the, uh, in, uh trying to scale up or trying to figure out what I would do. Cause you always should have a plan going into it. And then, uh, what, what I did, uh, is, is I tried all these different things. Some failed, some didn't. And then I was almost about to throw the towel in because in 2018, 2019, my sales went down 30%. And I, and as you know, like, or if you've ever started a business, when your, where sales go down 30%, you feel like it's the end of the world. Right. And then, <laughs> so, so I, I, I had a good hard look at what I did. I'm like, Hey, we need to do all these things differently. And then in September of 2019, things just picked up. And then maybe about six months later, a big thing called the pandemic happened. And I thought I was, I, I thought I was done. Right. So like after this one little dip in sales, I, I thought it, I was just going to be done. And after that, the pandemic changed everything. All right. So, so before the pandemic, things kind of dipped down and then they dipped back up. Why, why is that? Well, I think a lot of people were learning from, from home, but, it, but on my end, I'm like, I needed to figure out how I was producing courses, what courses to produce. Cause the reason why my sales went down is because I was producing the wrong thing. Right. And what, what I did, what it did is I took too long to build a project in a, in the wrong direction. What that project was, I made this massive course on, uh, on how to make like a Fortnite clone in, in Unity. So, uh, and that it was big at the time and we've sold tons of game content. That was actually my first online course is how to make HTML5 games without coding. A complete thing from knowing nothing to coding in HTML5 using something called Construct 3, doing the art, the music, everything, just put it up there, right? And then at that one time, uh, game courses didn't sell as much. You know, it was other things like, you know, AWS and Python and machine learning. And we had to just, you know, my employees, I got together. We was like, look, we got to, we got to, we got to innovate or else we're not going to be here. Right. So, so, th so that's what I did. And then as, as the pandemic picked up, crypto picked up and we just kept on making the, the, the hot courses and it just kept on going up from there. Okay. So let's, let's go back in time a little bit and, and focus in on Udemy a little bit, because that's how you got started. Why right. did you make the choice back in? Did you say 2011? Was that 2011? It? So I got I got started in 2013, and to be honest with you, like Udemy wasn't really on my radar then. Like I I just I created my own website and was uh, looking at all the different software I could use to to sell it on my own and run it on my own site. Why Udemy for you back then? Okay, so um, so I graduate. I had the unfortunate uh, the fortunate timing of graduating in 2008. So that was a very tough year 
to graduate university from. And so it was really difficult to find a job. And I'm like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And then in, in retrospect, that was a very hard time to be an entrepreneur as well, especially if you're, you know, starting out, right? So it was four years of just kind of like trying to do different things. And what eventually happened was, is that I made an Xbox 360 game. And how I did that was I took an online course on how to make an Xbox 360 game. And after that, I took an online course on how to make apps. And I made probably 20 apps. I got a bunch of freelancing games, but nobody, nobody cared about the apps or the games that I was making. They all cared about how to make one. Literally, I'd say, hey, look, I made this in, in a month. And they're like, well, how'd you make it? I don't care about your game. I just care about how you made it. So what I did is I put together a course and on Groupon, I saw that Udemy was selling. And I'm like, and I keep in mind, I almost, I had like no money, right? No money in the bank. And I was this close to throwing it in. I was down to my last dollar. And on Boxing Day, and if you don't know what that is, that's the day after Christmas in, in British, uh, in British countries, right? So on Boxing Day, I open up my sales thing and it's, it's like this massive amount. And I'm like, I'm in business. It like literally down to my last dollar, like in January, I was going to be putting my resume out there to get a job. I was like this close. And then all of a sudden, 2012 was amazing, right? And I have to thank Udemy for that. Like I, I got my start on Udemy and, you know, they asked me to produce a bunch of courses for them. I did. And then they gave, they gave me some sales, which I thought was awesome. So where, where did Groupon come into all this? Is that how you discovered Udemy? What, what was the Groupon piece? Yeah. So like I was, I don't know, I was just on Facebook or something. And then I saw like, Hey, you can buy an iOS course. I'm like, well, that sounds neat. So I click on it. Well, who's, who's, who's doing this? Udemy. Okay. What's Udemy? Oh, you can upload a course. Well, why don't I just make this course? And I got in touch with like all the, the big people at the time. And they say, can you promote this on, on a, on a something called AppSumo, which was like a, a similar deal site in Groupon. And, and they basically did. And I, I got, I got the money. I got money to pay rent and, you know, to, to not get a job. That was how much money I got. Right. It wasn't amazing, but it was enough to keep me going. And then 2012 was amazing. And then basically it's been up every year ever since, except for 2018, 2019, and then 2021 because of the pandemic law. But yeah, that's basically it. So, so give me your like pitch for you to me. Cause I'm not, like I said, I, I didn't start there. I don't have a lot of experience. On that, I've certainly have I have had other course creators on the podcast who started on Udemy. A lot of people like start there and then they try to diversify and put their courses on their own site as well. But then, like, how do I how do I arrange that to where I'm not, um, you know, making Udemy mad and and able to sell it for more than like the ten dollars or whatever? Like, talk to me about Udemy a little bit. Right. So Udemy, again, it's, it's actually a pretty old business, all things considered, especially in the tech world. And so I started there. And then what happened was, is I noticed like it was, it was good. And then they had actually, you know, they, they had some decisions. Uh, like in 2016, when I was, uh, um, uh, when I, when I was starting up, my wife was pregnant with my first child. They, they announced this rev share decision and like it, it wasn't a very good decision, short answer. And, and, uh, they, I think profits tanked like 90% or something like that. And I had to day trade some of my funds to keep my employees paid, right? It was like the most stressful time ever. And so after that, I'm like, I need to diversify a lot more. And so what, what basically, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that use Udemy to either gain some notoriety or they use it if they're part of like the top hundred sellers, you're making quite a bit of money on it. And that's great. But there's other people that, you know, it's not as the, the value add isn't, isn't quite there for them. 
And so, you know, if you want to diversify, you should at least have your content on your own site. Some people use Skillshare as well. But one of the things that I've always wanted Unity to be is like the Steam or the App Store of online learning. And just at least since they've gone public, they don't want to do that. They want to be like a corporate training uh, thing. And that's just the difference of opinion. And that, and they're doing really well. Like you can look at their quarterly statements. They're a public company, right? So, so that's what they're doing. And, um, I do have a really big hot take at the end of this video. So keep listening for that. A hot take. Are you going to tease me? What? Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's awesome. Stick around. All right. I'm making a note here. John has a hot take at the end. That may be a first for this podcast. Awesome. Um, okay. So like no regrets. Like if you had to do it over again, you think you'd still start on Udemy? Yeah. Like for the time. Yeah. But if, if I was, you know, in different, if I was starting at a different time, I don't think I would because the one thing, as you mentioned, is there's that $10 deal right now you can use that to your advantage. But at the end of the day, when you're an entrepreneur and if you want to sell to a specific kind of niche, you should probably charge more than $10. It's, it's just, you know, people will pay it, right? And if you think about it, if you can, if you provide the value, people will pay fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. You know, we've been doing, uh, corporate, uh, boot camps and, and boot camps as well. And we've been charging anywhere between two and five thousand, depending on what it is. And these are for like, you know, blockchain, web three, generative AI and all that kind of stuff. So people will pay it if there's a really good value add to it. Now that's of course different from Udemy, right? Udemy is a very big, um, uh, it's, it's all about volume because of that $10, you're getting not, not very much money. And then sometimes they have international pricing as well, where you're getting maybe 60 cents and that's difficult, right? It's difficult to build a business off that. Like if you want to build a multi-million dollar business, you either have to be in like the top 10 instructors or it's very difficult. So if you're starting out now, I would suggest that this is, this is what I would do. This is, this is the thing I would put your, uh, put your content on like, you know, uh, teachable or thinkific or whatever, and then start two YouTube channels, right? And YouTube channel one is about your specific niche, right? It's whatever it is. And you, do, and you want to think about this in, uh, like quant quantity over, uh, you know, quality over quantity. So one, maybe two videos a month, really high production values. And then the other YouTube channels are just pre previews of your course, right? And these can be like 10, 20 minutes. They can even be shorts, right? And you can just upload whatever you want there. And so that way you're getting the long tail of people just kind of signing up to your site. And I've done this with several YouTube channels, one of which I think was a complete failure on my end, but I still got multiple leads. And from those leads, I sold the bundles and the boot camps. And that's what I would do today. Okay. So I'm, I'm, yeah, thank you for sharing like the, the actual tactics here of, of what you would do today. I'm confused on the two YouTube channels. Why wouldn't it be the same YouTube channel? Okay. So the, so, and keep in mind, there is a lot of failure behind what I'm about to tell you. So <laughs> I, I, so, so I'm telling you, uh, just because, um, just because I, I've done the wrong things and I don't want you to do that here. So YouTube really does, uh, favor the, uh, the quality. So if you make a really high quality video once a month, that's better than like a bunch of really low quality every single day. Now, the reason why it's two separate ones is that the, the second one is just to get random views from people, right? So if it's, you know, piano lessons or if it's on blockchain or whatever it is, it's just, you're getting people to just try a tutorial on that specific uh, thing. And then you have your sign of information below. 
And that's what we do with our main channel, the Mammoth Interactive channel. And we have like 1.8 billion views. And from that, I've been able to get a very good amount of students to continue to continue this here. Now, the other one I did was supposed to be uh, was supposed to be like a very big channel. And one, it was all over the place in terms of content. And two, I just uploaded too much. If I were to do that channel over again, in fact, I'm thinking about just deleting all the content and starting over because it's a really good name. I would do that over again. It would just be once, maybe twice a month, very high quality, and then very relevant. That's what I'd do. Yeah. So like YouTube has been the the number one traffic source for, for my piano uh, business, certainly. And uh, there's a lot of wrong ways to do it. But as long as our content is targeting the, the right type of people to like conventional wisdom would say that I could still be the same channel. So I'm still struggling to see why I would need to create two separate channels if it's the same audience or maybe it's not the same audience. Yeah. So, so you bring up a very good point. So my business is all over the place. Like I have Python, Unreal Engine, you know, apps or like a bunch of different things. And those are all different people in the end. But if you're, if you're just doing one thing like piano lessons or, you know, something like that, you could probably do it with one channel. The thing is, is that my, so if I'm doing like kind of a, a, a talking head one where I'm just talking about like tech news or something like that, that's different from the tutorials that we have. Like the tutorials are like, okay, let's build, you know, a, a, a large language learning model today. Those are two different like kinds of videos. And I, at least that's works for me. Um, but if, but I could see, you know, considering I've looked at some of the music channels, you, you could probably do with one channel. Yeah. But then if we do, okay. So if we do one channel, that's still like two different types of content you're recommending putting out there in order to grow your audience, maybe a couple of times a month, these nice high quality videos on a particular topic and the rest we sprinkle in just like excerpts from maybe our course material. Yeah. Or you can even do shorts. Shorts are good yeah. work well too. All right, cool. So when, um, if people come to you today and they, and they are on Udemy and they're only on Udemy, but want to get off because, because of some of the downsides we talked about, there's obviously plenty of upsides of being on Udemy as well, but if they want to maybe keep their stuff on Udemy, but diversify and start selling their courses on their own website as well, how, how do we go about doing that? It's, it's very challenging. And the more money you make on Udemy, the harder it is. Like there's some people in Udemy that make, you know, half a million, a million, a million plus on Udemy. And that's like, I mean, I, I, I never really made that much, but I did make, you know, several five figure, uh, before like things slowly kind of declined. Uh, but what, what you, what you should do is for me, again, there's always the, the kind of development style that, that you do. So like in my business, I'm always producing more content. It's like, it's like a hamster wheel. And some people don't like that, but that's just what it is. And so what I've, what I've done is I've uploaded shorter courses to Udemy. Okay. So what I've done is, uh, you know, I took all my content and I would sell bundles because it's very, it's, it's easy to sell a bundle for like anywhere from between 30 to a hundred dollars, $200 plus. And, you know, if you have, let's say 10 Udemy courses at $10 and, uh, you know, uh, or 20 courses in that bundle, uh, you can see that the price on Udemy would be much, much more. Uh, so because it's much, much more on Udemy, people are inclined to buy on your own site. Now, um, that's, so that would be the first step is to just start to get your email list going to start a YouTube channel. You have to drive things to your email list. And once you drive things to your email list, you can sell to that email list. And if you sell, if you sell correctly and the price point isn't too high, you, you'll be able to do a good job. What would, what's the breakdown 
uh, like percentage breakdown of your sales today, Udemy versus everything else? Oh, it's like 3%. Which direction? Oh, no, like that, like that's it. 3% of the pie. Udemy's 3%? Yeah, yeah, Udemy's 3%. It used to be 100%, right? In 2012, it was like basically, well, it was more, more like 95%. It was like mostly Udemy. And then slowly I've been diversifying with several different different ones. Okay. So the vast majority is now off Udemy. And that's yeah. really interesting. That's not what I would have expected from somebody who's been on Udemy for so long. I was thinking 50-50, maybe 60-40 at this point. So I know one of the one of the advantages to being on Udemy is they can kind of handle a lot of the marketing for you and you can focus on the the courses. So have you been able to turn Udemy into any sort of funnel? To where they're they're still handling the marketing for you, or when you branched off in like that ninety seven percent of sales off Udemy, is that because of your own traffic uh, and audience building efforts outside of Udemy? Okay, so this is a very good point. So a lot of people still find me via Udemy, which is which is kind of interesting. And so, for example, uh, you know, one of the things that we did is we did we got the near blockchain. Uh, we, there's a grant and the near is a blockchain that is adding in all these cool features where they can develop on it. And we got a near blockchain grant and they found us through Udemy. We had posted a bunch of uh, crypto courses from the, from the 2017 high, right? Uh, so, so we had a bunch of courses on there. They say, Hey, look, would you like to make courses about the near blockchain? I'm like, absolutely. I would, cause that's what we do, right? We can, we can make cause if you want custom courses on your stuff, let's go. Right. So, so they found business. And so I find a lot of business as a result of me being on Udemy. And what I like to think of Udemy now is, is, is more of like a, a lost leader because, you know, if, unless you're in like, again, the top 10, 20, a hundred, uh, you know, you can always upload your course, get some free students in there, get some notoriety, get that student number up. And then people will notice that, right? Cause like, most people that are looking for online courses go to Udemy first, right? That's like the number one thing. So if they, so if it's blockchain or if the next big thing is generative AI, and if you upload a bunch of generative AI content to Udemy, then chances are you're going to get a lot of people asking you for services that are outside of Udemy. And that's where you really have to capitalize. And so one of the things that we, we've done is like some people come to us and say, Hey, look, do you, do you have any training for this? Like, how can we upload this? Cause like not all my stuff is in UB. Right. It's like, you know, how can we get my, our content, your content onto our, our LMS or whatever? It's like, we do boot camps. We do all this stuff. We can give you custom courses to your business, et cetera. And if you have that business plan, then you can use Udemy to leverage, to leverage your, your business outside of Udemy. And that's exactly what I've done. You're, you're in a very techie, uh, space here. Do you, do you think that? that Udemy lends itself more to, uh, to tech and like the recommendations you're given would be more, uh, as far as Udemy goes, would, would, would lean itself more toward tech industries. Oh, absolutely. So if you look at like the top, I don't know, 20 top 20 instructors, you can go to teaching guide. They, they tell you all the stats. I haven't been on there in a while, but like most of the stats are like web development, Python, you know, all those certification, like Azure, AWS, CompTIA stuff, like those are, those are usually the top. I think there might be a couple of, uh, like Photoshop might be in there too. Um, you Still know, tech, and, tech related. Yeah, it is very tech related. And it's just, be, yeah. And, and what's, this is what's also really funny. If you've ever, I mean, I've tried to sell the tech courses outside of this and it is 
very, very difficult, right? Because a lot of people aren't very technical, right? So like, why would I need to learn how to do a large language model or something like that, right? So it, it's kind of funny that they've, they've built, they've built everything around tech. And so, yeah, a lot of my stuff is, is geared towards tech. If you're doing something else, it might not work the same way. So you, you crank out a lot of, uh, uh courses. Um, would you say, like, how are you splitting your time between course development and, and marketing, like content marketing? Right. So this is what I tried to do in 2016. So if you think of a business, like a content building business, like a video game, an app company, um, you know, e even like, like singer songwriters have a team around them, right? So what I, or like the movie industry or the TV show industry is another good one. So what I wanted to do was say, Hey, look, here's my knowledge. I need to separate, like I'm doing, I'm wearing like four different hats. At, and then when I got employees, I'm like, Hey, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you do this. Okay. And so I basically separated all that work out to all these different people. And I was kind of like the creative director. And then my last course that I made was in 2020. And now I just kind of manage everything. We have about 20 to 30, in, uh, you know, instructors or employees at any given time, depending on, 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 on the demand. So, so I'm basically, I'm kind of like the director of everything right now. And this is what, you know, it would be, it would have been great if Udemy went the steam road where it's like, you can build a scalable business that's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 million, but they, they just don't want to do that. They don't want to, to, uh, help the marketplace at all. They just want to, to focus on the corporate and subscriptions. And they're doing that because they're a public company and they're doing that because it'll raise their shareholder value. So, you know, and I can't, I can't really blame them because that's kind of what I would do if I was in their position. I'm, I'm kind of blown away by the amount of, of employees you have at this point. That's, that's really impressive. Um, so it sounds like because you have so many people, you are focused on, on both marketing and fulfillment side of things. And, and people are always making course content as well as marketing content. Yeah. So like, I guess, I guess, yeah. So, so how do I market my courses? It's a very, it's believe it or not, actually a very simple process. It's where we upload content to YouTube. And then because I have such a big, like a big umbrella full of courses, like Python, generative AI, and believe it or not, those aren't the same people that want to learn, right? So like, and even like mid journey. So if you're into like mid journey or, you know, you know, uh, chat GPT, like those require two different YouTube channels where we upload the, like just the free trial, uh, the, like the free things. And we give them a free course. And from that email, we then sell them on, on the bundles, right? And so. Once you start to produce something, the marketing somewhat carries itself. You do have to kind of have good, build a good funnel. And I do Facebook ads as well and all that kind of stuff, but it has to be very targeted. And, and this is, again, this is what I've learned over the years, right? Um, so, uh, so, so the short answer is that I'm overseeing everything. I'm overseeing the production. I'm overseeing the marketing and I'm overseeing basically everything of the business. I'm basically the director of, of Mammoth at this point. So what does your day-to-day -day look like? <laughs> okay. So we're also building our own LMS, which is going to be really awesome. Whoa, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so my, my day is basically I wake up and then I test the LMS. Um, and I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to build like a really, really good LMS, uh, for ourselves, like all the things that I've ever wanted in an LMS, uh, uh, to do that here. And then I, I make sure I look at all the, uh, the freelancers, what's coming up next. I have to make sure, you know, everything is kind of working, check the Facebook ads. I check 
the YouTube channels. I'm checking everything. It's like, okay, we need to do this, 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 and this next. And then, you know, this is working. This isn't working. So we maybe focus a little more on what's working, what's not. That's, that's kind of my day. What are you currently using for an LMS? Uh, I'm just using Teachable at the moment, uh, but their fees have gone up a lot. <laughs> so, and I'm like, mm, I'd rather build my own LMS. And this LMS is, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's supposed to handle all the things that I've always wanted to do. Like achievements are built right into the LMS, right? Uh, which I'm still shocked that both Thinkific and Teachable don't have a really good achievement thing. It took us like two weeks to build, but you know, there's going to have a lot of achievements. Um, and then there's also like uh, the, a business thing that because for all of our, our corporate clients that we're going to have that we can, you know, they can have um, a different uh, uh, yeah, stats and whatnot on their employees. So there's also that as well. So it's basically I've been building it to fill the needs that I've, and I, that I've always wanted to do. And eventually I'm going to make it commercially available so that anyone can just use this LMS. And it's, it's going to be awesome once it's done. But it is. What's, what's the name, John? What's it called? Um, right now, uh, it's coursepro.ai. And oh, and I should also mention there's going to be a lot of really cool features of like, you can use the chat GPT, um, uh, generative AI plugin to make content. It's going to be really good. Yeah. It's amazing that all the, the options for hosting a course today, you know, when I was getting started, that was one of the most challenging uh, parts was just finding a good, um, software to to do that for us so that's that's cool that you're making your own that's not something i'm interested in doing it sounds like a lot of work um so so good luck with that that's not you, you mentioned specifically like achievements i know the ones out there have various levels of of achievements some do it really well but then are lacking in other features mm -hmm. uh one thing that i experimented with a few years ago was um because i ran into some of the same frustrations that you were noticing that there was no one perfect LMS for, for my needs, for my piano students is I moved, uh, at the time I was on ClickFunnels and I moved over to WordPress and used a combination of Learn Dash and Buddy Boss so that I could have, um, a lot of customization and, mm -hmm. and make things work and look and feel exactly how I wanted. Now that ended up being way more headache than it was worth because so many plugins and custom code was just like things would break. And I've since moved uh, over to Kajabi. Um, but I'm not sure where I was going with that in terms of a question, but I've, I've had my fair share of struggles with LMSs and I'd be curious to hear how it works out with you developing your own. Yeah. And, and just, just for you listening, it is a lot of work. Now, the only reason I'm building my own LMS from scratch is because I live and breathe this stuff all day. And I'm like, oh, it would be so cool if we had this particular thing and this feature. Well, we got to do it because, well, you know, things are working, so we might as well. But yes, I, under, I understand it's very hard. Now, what's interesting is like Thinkific now has an app store, but um, where you can kind of get some Thinkific plugins. Uh, and the, I, I'd experimented with that, but it wasn't as free as I wanted it to be. So again, you have to pick your battles. This is a battle, which is a lot of work. I, I really don't recommend, if you're just interested in making courses, don't build your own LMS. Just no, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not not a good recommendation for like 99.99% of course creators. I will tell you, I don't know um, if you know Jason Dion, he's a good friend of mine and uh, he was big on or is big on Udemy. Um, he, that's one of the things he did shortly before selling his business was they he did develop his own LMS for his courses. And, and maybe that's something that works really well if you're in tech and have a lot of courses and... Uh, a lot of 
clients as well. And I think that uh, he said that was one of the things that made his business more attractive to buyers is that he yep. had his proprietary LMS as well. Yeah, I would agree. And I'm glad you brought him up. When he sold his business and the amount that he sold it for, it was just like, whoa, now my business is worth more than zero. This is amazing, right? So, so you know, and I would agree if you have your own LMS, uh, the technology, so the technology side of it does increase your evaluation. Uh, because at, at the very least, they could use that technology in some way, shape or form, like perhaps, you know, Apple, let's say, let's say your LMS is so good. Apple wants to buy it. They don't want your content, but they like your LMS, right? So therefore Apple will give you a nice big check just for your LMS. Uh, but, um, but yes, uh, the, the short answer is that like, that's partly why I'm doing it is like, I just want to, I want to have a really good user experience and I'm going to do it. Do you have any plans to sell one day? Possibly. <laughs> right. Uh, if, if, I mean, obviously every person has their price. Uh, but for now I have lots and lots of plans, um, going forward in the future. One thing that struck me when I was, uh, when I was at your website, mammothinteractive.com, that's the main website, right? Yep. You're not, your face is nowhere on the, the homepage anywhere. I, I'm guessing that's by design. You know what? I've never really thought of it that way. It, no, it, it, you're right. It isn't on, on there, but, um, you know, I, I didn't. That's a good question, actually. I, it's not on there. Um, and I don't know why, actually. No, I think it's just, I, you know, and Jason's was like that too, even though the, you know, his name was kind of in the name of his brand, Dion Training, and yours is not. Um, but that was always, in, always intentional on, on his part is to make it so that it wasn't, it wasn't a personal brand and it wasn't all about him or anything like that. And, um, so I imagine there's some intentionality there, whether it's the the brand name, you know, your, your name is not in the brand, your face isn't in here anywhere, just building it as a, as a system and as a, as a company rather than all about John. Yes. Yes. And, and I guess, I guess, you know, it's, it's funny, you, you make decisions eight years ago and then they, oh yes, that's the reason why you did it. But that's basically, basically it here. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, the, the system that I can remove. And so this is actually what you want to do when you scale up is you want to remove yourself from the process as much as possible. And it's, it, it, you know, you can't, you still have to be there. Like you can't just sit on the beach and hopefully your business just gets to, you know, from one to 10 million without any work. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. But you know, you still, you, you want to take your, yourself out of a lot of the process of the business so that the business can run and grow. Right. Like my job is to grow the business right now. It's not to make the specific little edits on each of the course. I have someone to do that. Or it's, it's not to talk about these certain processes. It's just, it's just, you know, my, my, my job is, you know, removed from the production as much as possible so that I can grow as much or spend my time growing the business. Any, uh, any specific, like, um, fa the failures is such a like intense word, I feel like, but like, uh, any, any big obstacles you had to overcome any, any, anything you regret doing in your business that you could share? Mm. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so the one thing is when, when you, so I always have this. Okay. So my system is for every project that I do, I always do an analysis of it. What went right? What went wrong? And then over time, those little processes become better and better. And I hopefully make better and better content. Right. And with every single, you know, now I do this like every quarter. It's like I try to one, make 
make my stuff 10%. I have a 10, 10, 10 rule. Make it 10% better, do it 10% faster, and make 10% more money. The last one is the hardest one, but the first two are really in your control. You know, if, if a project took too long, like we had this one project that took five months and it got canceled at the end. So I'm like, what went wrong? Right. And so it basically, you know, we have to take a look at it and be like, okay, we're not doing that ever again. Right. We're going to, we're going to set this up so that doesn't happen ever again. That was way too much time. And you know, that happened like in 2018 where I built that big, um, uh, that battle royale course. I said, look, we can't ever do this again. So, so the, the short answer is, you know, I've failed a lot and you always have to look back with as objective eyes as possible to see what you could have done better. How are you able to manage so many people? It's difficult. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It is very difficult, but you know, for the most part I am in, so I have a person below me that does a lot of that stuff, but I'm in the conversations. I make sure everything's good. And also, you know, I still work quite a bit. Like, you know, it, it might be Friday night. I got to do some work, right? You know, it, it just, I, if, if I didn't do that, the business wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Right. So, um, so it is, it is challenging, but one of the things I actually do is with, with my uh, company, I have this rule where you have to have more meetings than zero, but the lower you make that meeting, the better, <laughs> because why, why would we be, you know, why too, people, a lot of companies do too many meetings and it, I don't think that's worth it in my opinion. So you want, and, and I like to hire people that are autonomous workers, right? And especially since the pandemic and working from home, it's like, look, you know, maybe they had a really overbearing micromanaging boss. And I said, Hey, look, you know, we just do these things, make sure everything's good to go. And we'll kind of see you at the end of this. Right. And, and that works because, you know, if you hire the right people, it's good. That's another thing. You always have to hire the right people. How do you find the right people? It, it takes a lot of work. And uh, one thing that I, I do recommend uh, if you're into hiring people is you can get their resume, you can get their cover letter. But if at least for our content producers, I get them to just do a one, a 45 second, one minute video. And I get them to answer something like, you know, what was your most difficult day in course creation or you know, if it's in sales, it's like, what was your hardest sales day or something? And that way it takes it out the chat GPT element of this. Cause like, let's be real here. People are using chat GPT to make the resume. They're using chat GPT to use the cover letters. But with that, with that video, you can see them. And you know, if they make a 10 minute video instead of a one minute, well, maybe that's not following instructions. And, you know, and that has been really helpful in, in the last little while. I only implemented that maybe six, seven months ago. Uh, is there, is there anything specific you could, um, you could think of that having a successful online course business that you do like that, that has allowed you to do or experience that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise? Absolutely. So one of the things that, you know, I used to just grind it out where I would, you know, maybe just work really hard, pop out some courses, then take some vacations. Now that I have kids, I can spend time with my kids and I get, I get to set up the whole entire, uh, uh, I get to set up, I get to set up the business and I get to really make sure that, you know, the work-life balance is, is good. Now keep in mind, I still work a lot, right? But I make sure that they're in like the, you know, the right hours. Like when my kids were young, they'd wake me up at like 4.30 and like, you know, for anyone who has kids, like, you know how hard it's to get out of that. So sometimes I'd wake up at like five and, and go to my office. I have an office because my kids are kind of young and I wouldn't be able to get anything done otherwise. Right. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, it, it's allowed me to, it's, I would think my life, quality of life of setting up this business would be better than if I had a job. And fun fact, in 2012, after so much work, I actually got this massive six-figure job as a coder, believe it or not. And um, it was, and it was exactly how I, how much I made as a course creator. And I'm like, it, I took a week and then I'm like, no, 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 no. You want to run a business, you do it. There, there'll be other jobs if you fail, but you're not going to fail. And so, so I think my life, in, in answer to your question, I think my life is much better as a result now that I run my own business. So you did get a lucrative job offer back in the day when you, you never took it? I never took it. And then like even years ago, um, like this was right before the pandemic. And it was actually right in that time where when my sales dropped, Facebook contacted me to be a tech lead, right? And I'm like, oh, and like, as you know, that's a, that's a big job. And I'm like, it was definitely more than what I was getting paid or paying myself out of the business. And like my business was going down. I'm like, no, nah, I, I can't do it. I, I got to do this. So here I am. It was, and it was the right decision. So as far as uh, running the business itself, we've talked a lot about the courses. We've talked about um, a little about your team. We've talked about marketing. Uh, we haven't touched on too much, just like the sales process uh, and any conversion mechanisms um, in terms of any funnels. You mentioned email and you've mentioned bundles, but if you could go into a little more detail about how that works, are you using urgency in any kind of way? Uh, mm -hmm. Is is like are you bundling it together and then discounting it and then that goes away at a certain time? Yep, absolutely. And because I have so many products, I can test with this here. So oftentimes, like, you know, Black Friday is a good example. I usually have most of my bundles on, on sale all that at that time. And that's a really good month. Unfortunately, it skews the, the revenue up to November. Uh, and then the rest of the year, it's like, what am I doing wrong? But it's more like, well, everyone's in kind of buying mode at that point. But yes. And what I've actually learned is that you want to have multiple different price points anywhere from like, you know, some people can only pay like $10, $20 a course, right? So you have a smaller course, maybe at that price point. That's optional. Some people don't like doing that, but I've found that that works out for me, right? Then you can also have a subscription and that's a good thing for YouTube. You can say, hey, look, we don't do a Patreon. We just sell our subscription to our courses. We have blah, 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 blah in our courses. And then th that's what you get. Uh, if you subscribe to us, it really helps us make more, uh, more content on the YouTube channel, as well as it helps us out to make more courses. And we produce X amount of courses per month. And so that, that works out as well. But you also want to have things in the 50 to 100. And then you want to have things in the thousands of dollars because some people will pay for that, right? You know, like, especially, especially like, cause I'm in tech, if it's really hot and nobody knows what to do with it, then people are going to pay a lot of money for like a boot camp or something like that. So let's throw out Black Friday because that's his own special thing. Like walk me through a typical buying cycle. Like they find you on YouTube and and then what happens between there and the sale? Right. So this is a lot of people have different um, views on this particular aspect, but this is what works for me. Okay. So what works for me is I get them in the YouTube channel. I have a bunch of courses that go from again, like $10 all the way to a thousand, like in the description of the YouTube video, in the description okay. of the YouTube video. Okay. And, and I say, Hey, look, you know, if you buy it, it helps the channel out and people do, they'll buy like some, you get one that's like $600 out of nowhere. And those are the basic because you didn't, all you did was upload a video and change the description, but we also have a free course. And that's where, you know, the free course is really useful. And if you're going to make a free course, make it useful because someone um, might not take your course tomorrow or a month from now. 
it might even be a whole year from now where they say, hey, look, oh, that guy made a really good free course. I'm going to see what he's doing now. They'll go to your website and they'll buy another bundle, right? So you want to be thinking long-term about this too. But any free course that you do should have very useful information that people can feel like they've got something out of it. And then if the, the better your free course, the more likely they are to buy your big course. Now, you don't want to make your free course like 25 hours or stuff like that. Now, some people do that. I don't, I've never seen it work. So most of my free courses are between 20 minutes and 40 minutes, more like 20 to 30 minutes. Like that's all you need to do. It's like, Hey, you want to do this? Here's like a quick tutorial on how you do this. And by the way, if you want, you can, here are my other options going forward. And if people get to the end of that, the, the likelihood of them buying is very high, right? If you make your free course really engaging, really fun, people are going to buy it. Do you have a sales pitch at the end of the free course? Usually, um, usually they're just the links and it's usually uh, just kind of a, you know, say, hey, hey, I'm glad you like the course. Uh, we have all these other options if you, you, you were going through this. And, and for us, because we have so many different kind of channels, it's always like, if you're into the Python course, here's the Python bundle. If you're into the Unreal Engine funnel, you're into the Unreal Engine course, or you can get them all, all these things for the subscription or you can buy this really big bundle or stuff like that. Lots of options. I imagine with, with as many courses as you have, you can present a lot of different offers and options to people. Yep. John, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready right. for the hot take. Okay. So this is, okay. Now again, uh, you know, so like I said in, in this in this video, I was down to my last dollar and Udemy saved me, right? So I, I'll always have a, a soft spot in my heart for Udemy, but I think just the way that they're talking about um, and they're just talking about the marketplace and they're talking about their business. I give it 50, 50 odds that the marketplace will cease to exist. Right. And that's my hot take. And the reason why I say that is that they want to push the personal subscription instead of the a la carte purchases. And the reason why they want to do that is just, it's worth more in an evaluation. So I think it's 50, 50 that they do that. And I think what they'll do is they'll just continue to hire instructors that they, that they can find. They can even find someone somewhere if an instructor leaves or whatnot. Uh, but they'll be able to, uh, just basically sell more subscription. I think it's $29 a month, whatever, but that's what I think it's like, I think it's 50, 50 at this point. Are they, are they doing that? Is that option available today? Yes. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think sales have been going down is because you can have, the, they have this personal subscription where you can subscribe to a ton of different courses and what, and for $29, it takes the $49 bundle out of the option. And you, and the other thing is like businesses often get rid of things they don't like. And I don't think they've ever really truly liked the marketplace. Uh, they've always wanted to just sell out a subscription like Netflix. I think that's just what the higher ups want to do. And you know, if they do that, that's great. I think it would have been better if they became the steam of, of, uh, online learning, you know, steam reportedly makes $10 billion a year. Udemy could do that too. There's no reason why they can't, but in order to do that, you have to give more control up to your, uh, to your content creators. And they, they don't want to do that either. So I think they'll just say, you know, one day it's over, no more marketplace, only subscription. Thank you very much. Wow. I see that shows you how up to date I am with Udemy. Cause I didn't even realize you could pay a monthly subscription. So, but that's kind of like the what the masterclass model where you're paying them a uh, just a monthly fee and then you get access to everything, mm -hmm. right? 
And right now we are saying that they allow the user to um, make choices there, one or the other. And you're, you're, you're thinking pretty good chance that they eliminate the a la carte model and go 100% on the uh, subscription model. I, I think so. And, you know, if that happens, that happens. It's, it's just life, right? Businesses change, people change, things change, right? So, you know, that's just what it is. And if it doesn't, and one of these days, perhaps a, uh, a marketplace like Steam will come out, you know, and, and fun fact, um, I hear this maybe like once every other month, I'll just be out of like a random meetup, uh, like a tech meetup or something. And I'll get someone to say, Hey, look, I want to make a Udemy competitor. And I get that all the time. Right. And so one of these days, that person who's saying they want to make a Udemy competitor is going to actually make a marketplace competitor. I don't know when it's going to happen. I've been hearing that for like eight years now. It's never happened, but maybe one day it will. If they get rid of the marketplace, there'll be a vacuum and that will be the next marketplace for instructors. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, John. And, and thanks for uh, sharing all the wisdom you have here today. Congratulations on all the success. Any, any parting wisdom, maybe something we didn't uh, hit on for, uh, for course creators that you'd like to share? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Okay. I like anyone know this is, this stuff is really hard. It's really hard to make the course. It's really hard to sell the course and it's really hard to keep going. Right. So stick in there. Just, just keep, just keep at it. Try to be as optimistic and as stoic as possible. And that is hard. And I know that firsthand. It's very hard to be stoic about this stuff, but just stay in there, learn from your mistakes. And eventually I think you'll get the, what you're looking for in terms of a course creation business. It's hard. Don't stop. Keep going. Exactly. You said it better than I did. (laughs) Got it. All right, John, really appreciate it, man. Take care. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Online Course Show. And thanks again to John for joining me here today. John's site, once again, is mammothinteractive.com. If you want to find a list of the links and notes from today's episode, head to oc.show slash 219. And if you are not getting my weekly newsletter yet, Here's my pitch to you. Every Friday, I'll send you an email. It's completely free, and I'm not trying to sell you anything. And this email will be at least one actionable tip for course creators. It might be about getting more traffic, about a new funnel strategy you should be using. Who knows? But if you're a course creator or aspiring course creator, then you're completely missing out if you're not on that list. It's called Jacques Journal, and I send it out every Friday morning, and it's totally free. To make sure you're on the list, head to oc.show slash tips. That's oc.show slash tips. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to take action on what you've heard today. I'm rooting for you. 